Welcome to another episode of the Thwipcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be breaking down and sharing my thoughts on the recently announced DCU slate from James Gunn and Peter Safran. This was announced on Tuesday, January 31st, and as of recording, it's February 3rd. My week has been a bit busy, so that's why I'm a bit late getting to this, but I feel like it's given me time to develop my thoughts on each of these projects, so I also have a big announcement. So I did do a review on the first two episodes of The Last of Us, and I was working on developing a reaction to the third episode, but I feel like what The whole point of this podcast and my uh, media channel is to develop things based on superheroes and comics, and I still will share my thoughts on The Last of Us and everything like that. I just might not make like videos about it or episodes, so I'm sorry if any of you are disappointed by that, but there's plenty of other places to go for reviews and breakdowns of that stuff, so... From now on, I'm just going to be focusing on Marvel and DC-related stuff and maybe Star Wars, but for the most part, Marvel and DC. So this is my first like DC-related episode, and rightfully so. There hasn't been a lot happening with DC lately, but this is the big news that came out of, I guess, the last few months. So I'm going to break down. Variety has an article breaking down the announcements, but there's also the Um, six-minute video that James Gunn has where he breaks down the slate himself. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play through the video and kind of break down as I'm going. Then I'm going to go through the article and break down the finer details. So I'm going to get started on that. So three, two, one. Hey, everybody. I'm James Gunn. I'm the co-CEO of DC Studios. So as many of you know, DC has been disconnected in film and television for a long time. And it's one of... So what he means by this is the previous executives at Warner Bros. just had no plan on what they were doing. Zack Snyder had his established vision, but they didn't want to go that route anymore. So they were kind of in a big phase where they had no idea what they were doing. They were just greenlighting random projects, but then also canceling many of these projects at the same time. So it was very frustrating as a fan to uh, go through all that. I'll keep going. You know, our jobs, mine and Peter's, is to come in and make sure the DCU is connected in film, television, gaming, and animation. That the characters are consistent. So Gunn and Safran plan to tell a multiversal story across film, gaming, television, and animation. And what this will end up doing is, I'm guessing, culminate into their um, overall like endgame level story. So I'll keep going. Played by the same actors, and it works within one story. And if something is outside of that... So the same actors will, for the most part, be playing the same character, whether like they play their character in a film or TV show then that means they would play them in a video game. I think that's really cool because then it kind of keeps everything connected like he says, but it might create a sense of uh, frustration with people who just want to enjoy the co- uh, content and not have to worry about all the like connectivity between each thing. So like they have to get the game to understand the next movie or they have to watch the TV show to understand the next game, like stuff like that. So I'll keep going. Matt? like Matt Reeves' Batman or Todd Phillips' Joker or Teen Titans Go, that it is clearly labeled as DC Elseworlds, outside of the mainstream DCU continuity. And now he confirms that 
Matt Reeves' The Batman, Todd Phillips' Joker series, and Teen Titans Go, the animated TV show, will be a part of something called DC Elseworlds, which means it's not directly impacted by the main continuity. It's its own thing, basically in another universe, meaning Elseworlds. So this was something that fans wanted for the Snyderverse um, when it was canceled, just to keep existing, but not connected to the rest of the main universe, which I think would be cool. But there's a ton of fans that are creating their own uh, stories, continuing that universe, and I think that's awesome. And I will always continue to support that because I was a big fan of Snyder's vision. So big shout out to anyone that's making fan content for the Snyderverse. So I'll keep going now. Now, Peter and I have gotten pretty lucky in terms of the four projects that are coming out over the next year. First, we have Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Shazam! has always been off kind of in his own part of the DCU, so he connects very well. That moves directly into The Flash, a fantastic movie that I really love that resets the entire DC universe. Then to move into Blue Beetle, a fantastic film about... So he confirms that Shazam! is kind of its own thing, so it can kind of exist in the newer DCU. But then he says the Flash will completely reset the continuity. And he also thinks the Flash is really good, so that gives a promising update on the quality of the film. But yeah, that's coming in June, so that's gonna completely reset everything. And I'll keep going now. A kid who's a marvelous part of the DCU, and then into Aquaman 2, which leads directly into our next few projects, which I'm gonna tell you about now. So, Peter and I, along with a group of very talented writers... So, Blue Beetle is coming out in the summer, who will be a key character in James Gunn's DCU. This is post The Flash, so everything after that should be connected in the DCU. And then he also confirmed Aquaman is still coming out this December, and then he is going to move into explaining the new projects, um, which I will continue now. have started to map out an eight to 10 year plan of what DC studios will be in film, television, and gaming. This first chapter is called Gods and Monsters. Now this, what I'm about to tell you, is a part of- So he has a team of writers and collaborators with him and Peter that have mapped out this entire universe for eight to 10 years through film, television, and gaming. I think this is gonna be really cool having the same amount of time that Marvel kind of did to flesh out their Infinity Saga. Gunn's a creative person, so I trust that he he has the creative input on the storylines, the characters, all the arcs that they should go on, so I'm really excited to see what that goes on. But now he's going to break into the projects. The first chapter. It's not the entire first chapter. So, chapter one is titled Gods and Monsters. So that means we will be getting both just superheroes that are viewed as gods, and then we get more kind of creature characters that are more like supernatural side of the DC universe. And then he confirms that this is not the entire chapter. So he announced, I think it's a total of 10 projects. Yeah, 10 projects. So this is just a part of chapter one. So I'm guessing this covers maybe two to three years of content, which means depending on how many chapters they want to have, they can get maybe three or four chapters in that time between the eight to 10 years. The first project is Creature Commandos. Creature Commandos is an animated series. I've written all the episodes. Something we're gonna do that's a little bit different at DC is we're gonna have characters move into animation, out of animation, usually having the same actor play their voice as who plays them in live action. So he confirms that the first project will be Creature Commandos, which is a animated TV show. I'm not 
familiar with this team at all, but it looks like a more like monster-oriented Suicide Squad. It's led by Rick Flagg Sr. Um, we see Rick Flagg Jr. in 2016's Suicide Squad and 2021's The Suicide Squad, and he's played by Joel Kinnaman. Um, just looking at the graphic he has, um, these characters look pretty interesting, and I'm curious how they're going to be pulled off in live action. Like, they look like they're going to be very unique. If they're around someone like Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman, they look like they're going to stand out very much, but I'm interested to see what this is all about. And James Gunn confirmed that he's written all the episodes too. So this is a very much like a passion project of his, I guess. The next project up is Waller. This is a story of Amanda Waller played by Viola Davis. Viola Davis is going to team up with members of Team Peacemaker. And this is a story that's been created by Crystal Henry, who did Watchmen, and Jeremy Carver, who created the Doom Patrol. It is a fantastic story that's out of this world, and I can't wait for people to see it. Okay. The next one is Waller, which follows Viola Davis's Amanda Waller, who we saw in The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. I'm curious if this is going to continue what her story was before the reset or if this is just going to be a soft reboot of her character where like it's the same team that's with her that we saw in Peacemaker with Harcourt and all the other people. I'm very curious as to like if this is going to reset her character but um James Gunn seems to be very invested in her character and she's kind of like a darker Nick Fury like she's very shady she is very smart and she's a very interesting character so I know James Gunn has a lot of passion for that character and Viola Davis plays her very well in everything she's been in so I can't wait to see what's coming for that and what kind of characters could be introduced or involved with this too so I'll keep going. Next up is the big one, the true beginning of the DCU. This is called Superman Legacy. This is being written by me. I'm in the middle of it. I'm having a great time doing it and Superman will be released into theaters July 11th, 2025. Okay, the next thing is a big... So he confirms the true first story in the chapter one, Gods and Monsters, is Superman Legacy, which is a movie that James Gunn has been writing. He says he's been having a lot of fun with it. And this is supposed to be a younger Superman that's like balancing his Kryptonian heritage and human life. He's kind of having to adjust between the two, trying to find his place in the world. And... All the images I've seen have shown that All-Star Superman is being a big inspiration for this, so I haven't read that before, so I'm going to have to check that out before the movie, but he confirms it comes out in 2025, and this is going to be a big project. I think a lot of people are going to be um, rushing to see this one to see what they do without Henry Cavill. I thought Henry Cavill was amazing as Superman. He's always going to be my Superman with like the time I, I was growing up with his Superman. So I'm very curious to see what they do with this new Superman. And Superman will always be like the foundation for the DCU. I don't think you could do it any other way um, because he's arguably DC's most popular character next to like Batman. But Superman is going to be the first project. Premier HBO television series called lanterns this is a story of a couple of green lanterns john stewart and hal jordan and we have a few other lanterns peppered in there but this is really a terrestrial based tv show which is almost like true detective with a couple of green lanterns who are space cops watching over precinct earth in it 
they discover a terrifying myth. He confirms the next project is Lanterns, which is a live-action TV show with Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. He says that there will be other Lanterns might be popping up in there, but they're space cops watching over Earth, protecting the, um, I guess, overall surrounding area from Earth. And um, I'm very interested to see what this is like because we haven't had a, I guess, a great adaptation of Green Lantern in live action, but I'm very excited to see what they do with this. I think Green Lantern is an underrated DC character. I um, I haven't read Jeff John's run, but I have heard it's very good. So I'll be checking that out. But um, we were supposed to have Jon Stewart in Zack Snyder's Justice League, but they cut that out. I'm curious if they're gonna keep Wayne T. Carr in that role because he didn't really get the chance to play it or if they're gonna go with someone else. Then obviously we have Hal Jordan who um, Ryan Reynolds played in the solo movie, but um, they're obviously going to be going with someone else for that. And yeah, so that's Lanterns. History that ties into our larger story of the DCU. Oh, and then he goes on to say that this is a more true detective-like story, and they're trying to solve a mystery that will end up impacting the greater overall story of this universe. And I think this is a very cool way to bring in these characters. Like, they're the ones that have to warn the other heroes that something is coming something is happening and you all need to prepare now and assemble everyone so that's going to be a very important project in this slate next is a big movie called the authority the authority is a passion project of mine it's based on the marvelous wildstorm characters we are now bringing into the dcu and will interact with all of our primary dcu characters the authority are a group of superheroes who think the world is broken and they want to fix it by any means necessary i think it's a very different look at superheroes so the only thing i know of the authority is the character grifter who i'm not even sure if he's like a part of the main members of the authority but i know nothing about this team i just know grifter from the uh, flashpoint paradox um, movie which was really good but this is a movie that is going to be following a team of superheroes that were from wildstorm which are now being introduced into the dcu but yeah i'm very interested to see what they're going to do with this because they're not like main DC characters. These are people that no one really knows, so I'm curious to see how he's going to develop these characters, and if James Gunn can make a team like Guardians of the Galaxy be like household names, I'm sure he can make the authority also be the same way. They're going to be very different from Guardians of the Galaxy, but these people are more anti-heroes. They're not doing things the way the Justice League would. He said these people do anything by any means necessary, and they look like a very interesting team so i'm curious what this project is going to be like so moving on we're doing a television series called paradise lost paradise lost is a story of paradise island usually known as themiscira which is the birthplace of wonder woman it's almost like game of thrones with westeros but with all of the inhabitants of paradise island he confirms the next live action tv show is paradise lost which is a prequel to Wonder Woman's story following the Amazons on Themyscira. It's going to be a Game of Thrones style show. I'm very curious about this one because with this being a prequel and the rumors that, like, are they keeping Gal Gadot or are they getting rid of her? I'm curious how they're going to do this, but I highly doubt they're keeping Gal Gadot if Patty Jenkins left. But I'm curious how this is going to work out because you have a younger Superman we're going to be working up to the Batman project, but having a prequel to Wonder Woman, I think, will kind of establish her world as being important to this overall slate. 
And Themyscira has been the battleground for numerous battles in the comics too. Coming to mind right away is the um, Superman Batman series where Darkseid attacks Themyscira to get Supergirl, which is an amazing book by the way if you haven't read it. But I'm very curious to see what they do with these characters because you obviously don't have Wonder Woman so you're not going to have the same, I guess, appeal to this universe the same way. You're going to have to kind of sell these more lesser known characters as title characters for the show. And I'm curious if they're going to keep Hippolyta as the queen of Themyscira. And sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but yeah. So that's Paradise Lost. It's a live action TV series um, inspired by Game of Thrones. The introduction of the DCU's Batman is the brave and the bold. The Brave and the Bold is the story of Batman and his actual son, Damian Wayne. This is based on Grant Morrison's great comic book run. Damian Wayne is my favorite Robin. He's a little assassin who Batman tries to get in line. And so this is the story of the two of them and the beginning of sort of the Bat family in the DCU. He goes on to confirm the Brave and the Bold, which is the um, Batman story in this universe. Batman's my favorite DC character, so I'm always going to be up to watching anything Batman, but he goes on to say that this story is inspired by Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin story. It has Damian Wayne as the main Robin, who is not my favorite Robin. My favorite Robin is probably Dick Grayson or Jason Todd, but I feel like this is going to be an interesting one because this is obviously going to be an older Batman if he already has Damian Wayne involved because that means he would have had to have had Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake as Robin, so, and I guess Barbara Gordon as Batgirl too, so he goes on to say that this will kind of introduce the Bat family, which is something that we've been wanting for a long time, and personally I've wanted for a long time, is to finally see Batman and Robin and Batgirl in the same universe. We haven't seen that before, and we almost did uh, when the Batgirl movie was coming out. I'm very interested to see this because Damian Wayne is a conflicted character. He's a trained assassin who Batman had no idea existed, so he was kind of missing out on most of this kid's life. So obviously Damien isn't very happy that Bruce wasn't there for him. And just the cover itself that they show, it looks like Damien's trying to kill Batman there. He's investigating, it looks like blood on the ground. I haven't read this run before either, so I'm gonna have to check that out. But yeah, The Brave and the Bold will be coming soon. Next up is a TV series called Booster Gold. Booster Gold is one of comics really popular cult heroes. He is a fascinating guy. He's a loser from the future who uses future technology to come back to present day and become a superhero so that people will love him. It is basically the superhero story of imposter syndrome on an HBO Max series. So he goes on to say the next uh, live action TV series is Booster Gold. I'm not familiar with this character at all based on like his past, obviously, but I remember seeing him in the Batman Brave and the Bold animated show. So that's all I have for like any, I guess, like exposure to this character. So Gunn goes on to say that he's a character from the future that goes back in time to like fit in the past and be a superhero in the past. I remember he had like a flying robot with him. Oh, it was uh, Skeets, it was his uh, like little helper. So I'm very interested to see how they handle this character because there has been a little demand for this character to be introduced in live action. And now that James Gunn is involved, of course he's gonna go back to characters not many people are familiar with, so. Booster Gold, I think, is going to be a surprise hit because of, just because he's a more, at least in the Batman, the animated series show, he was a little more comedic. I don't know if they're going that route with him in uh, the live action show, but 
I think this is going to be one that people are going to be surprised by. So yeah, Booster Gold on HBO Max. One of my favorite comic book series from last year was Tom King's run on Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. And so we're going to turn that into a big science fiction epic film. Now, Superman is a guy who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents, whereas Supergirl in this story, she is a character who was raised on a chunk of Krypton. She watched everybody around her perish in some terrible way. So she's a much more jaded character. The next thing he mentions is a live action Supergirl movie titled Woman of Tomorrow. It is going to be based off of Tom King's run called Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow as well. I haven't read it, so I have no idea really what happens in it, but I have heard that it's basically about Supergirl on a fragment of the destroyed Krypton and she has to watch everyone that she knew die around her. So I'm very interested to see how they're going to handle that. And if it's going to be Sasha Kaye coming in from the Flash, I highly doubt that's going to happen. But they're, uh, they're developing both Superman and Supergirl at the same time. Um, also something that we have never seen before. So they're obviously going to interact at some point. And this is a very highly regarded comic run too. It is very recent too. I think it came out like last year, 2022. So yeah. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow is coming as well. And moving on to the next thing. And that brings me to Swamp Thing, the last thing we're going to talk about. A very dark horror story in the origins of the monster who is Swamp Thing. And although it's totally outside of the rest of the DCU, it will still feed into the rest of the stories. So then he goes on to reveal Swamp Thing, which is going to be a film. He says this is like his origin story. It's going to be like a horror movie. This is a character that a lot of people like. He's like a very much underrated DC character. And if you haven't, then read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run. I haven't read it either, but it's been on my wish list for a long time. I'm very excited to see what they do with this. And he said it's going to... It stands alone, but it also connects to the greater DCU. So I'm guessing this leads into Justice League Dark because he's involved with that. And Justice League Dark is a more supernatural Justice League. So um, I'm curious to see if they're building up to that. But this is the last project that he announced. So he's just moving on to his conclusion now. Anyway, those are the stories that I can tell you about right now. I've loved the DC characters since I was a child. They're incredibly important to me. I knew that this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do something very different. One of the things that's very important for me in all of these movies and TV series is that the director's vision and the vision of the writers and all of the creators is unique and something special. Storytelling is always king. That's all that matters to us. And I want to be true to those stories. I want to be true to you guys and really give you something different than you've ever seen before. Anyway, thank you, everybody. I appreciate you watching. I hope this was exciting for you because it's really exciting for me, and I can't wait to start to dive into these stories with you guys on this grand adventure. Thank you so much. And then, of course, he ends by saying, storytelling is king. He's obviously going to be very invested in making sure all the uh, creative decisions go through, that their vision is completed, and... I'm always up for that. I'm very excited to see that. And now I'm going to get into the Variety article. Obviously, most of this is going to be like stuff that he already mentioned. But the first point I uh, see is Safran says the DCU exists as a multiverse, but the titles will exist in one singular universe. I'm guessing this references to the DC Elseworlds kind of being in the same DCU because it's a multiverse. Those stories can exist on their own but they're not connected to the greater story 
um, like Superman Legacy and Brave and the Bold and all those. They're kind of on their own. So Superman Legacy, July 11th, 2025, again, it balances Superman's Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing, said Peter Safran. He goes on to say he is the embodiment of truth, justice, and the American way. His kindness in a world that thinks of kindness as old-fashioned. So there's obviously going to be some people that are pushing back on Superman's, I guess, reveal to the greater world. And we saw this kind of in Batman v Superman after the uh, battle at Metropolis where people were like, this guy should not be allowed to be here. He's a threat to the world. He needs to be stopped. James Gunn is writing this movie. And then he goes on to say that the Tanahisi Coates and J.J. Abrams Superman movie that was in development, I think it was a couple of years ago they announced it. So it's still in development, but it's going to be a part of the DC Elseworlds. So that's also coming. The Authority, again, this is a team from Wildstorm that have merged into DC. They were introduced to the DC universe when the new 52 started in 2011. And this is also a film. Safran said that they're kind of like Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men. They know that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. So these people are going to do things by the way they want to. It's not always going to be a good way, but um, it's in their way for the greater good. And then we move on to The Brave and the Bold. Again, this is about Batman and Damian Wayne. It will build up to introducing the Bat family. Grant Morrison, Gunn says, is an exceptionally influential, I guess, writer for the DCU, along with Tom King. So moving into Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, based off Tom King's comic run from 2021 and 2022, uh, features Kara Zor-El, who Gunn explains is a very different type of Supergirl. He says, we see the difference between Superman who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he's an infant versus Supergirl, who is raised on a rock chip off of Krypton and watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life. And then he says that this Supergirl is much more hardcore. The series also involves uh, Crypto, the Superdog, so I wonder if they're going to bring him in. And yeah, so Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. That's going to be coming after Superman Legacy. And I'm very interested to see this different version of Supergirl. She's seen a lot. She's gone through a lot. So she's going to be experiencing a lot of issues, I guess. A lot of PTSD. The Swamp Thing, which is the last film in this uh, article. It says, easily the most extreme example of Gunn and Safran's conviction to diversify the DCU. Swamp Thing will investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing, Safran said, through the prism of horror. And we did see, I forget if it was the day of or the day after, but James Mangold, who directed Logan and is working on Indiana Jones 5 right now, he posted a picture of Swamp Thing, which led a lot of people to believe he's going to be taking on this movie, which I think would be really cool. Uh, James Mangold is a fantastic director, and I'd be very interested to see his version of Swamp Thing. The way he brought the emotional tone to Logan, and I'm assuming he will do with Indiana Jones, I think is going to be perfect to include in this because it's a tragic character where this guy becomes this swamp thing and then he's viewed as a threat so he's obviously not wanting to do all this but people don't know what he is and if he's good or bad so I think James Mangold can definitely bring the emotional tone to this character. It goes on to say, by way of explaining further, Gunn referenced the initial reactions to the Guardians of the Galaxy joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe 
and initial questions about how Rocket Raccoon would work standing next to Thor, that mashup quality wound up becoming one of the highlights of Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, Gunn argued. He goes on to say this is a much more horrific film, but we'll still have Swamp Thing interact with the other characters. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him appear in Creature Commandos, which is the next thing, because obviously they're both creatures, but this is an animated show for HBO Max. James Gunn has written all the episodes. It's currently in production right now. It says the Creature Commandos are characters that were launched in 1980. The premise features Frankenstein's monster teaming up with a werewolf, a vampire, and a gorgon to fight Nazis in World War II. It doesn't appear that Gunn's version takes quite the same approach. Weasel, one of the characters from Gunn's 2021 film The Suicide Squad, is one of the commandos along with Rick Flagg's father, Rick Flagg Sr. So obviously we had Weasel in The Suicide Squad and he's a part of this team too. I'm just going to look up a quick list of the team members and it looks like we have Rick Flagg Sr., Nina Mazursky, Dr. Phosphorus, Eric Frankenstein, G.I. Robot, and Weasel. He confirmed that the lead character will be the Bride of Frankenstein. So that's the main, I guess, woman we see in the middle next to Frankenstein. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what this project is going to be like because it's so different. But because it's animation, I think it's perfect to introduce these characters this way. And I'm curious to see how they would move into live action. This is also something that could be like a video game too. I could very much see them getting to interact in someone else's game or get their own game. So that's the Creature Commandos. Uh, moves on into Waller. It says, with Gun focused on Superman Legacy for the foreseeable future, Season 2 of Peacemaker has been put on hold. Instead, Team Peacemaker will appear alongside Davis as a continuation of that show, Gunn said, which I'm just moving forward so I don't spoil Season 1 of Peacemaker uh, for anyone that hasn't seen it. It says, along with Crystal Henry, who was a part of the DCU writer's room, Waller will be executive produced by Jeremy Carver, who created the beloved DC series Doom Patrol, which was recently cancelled by HBO Max. Crystal Henry also worked on Watchmen, so I really like that show, and I'm very interested to see what they do with Amanda Waller's character here. So, it goes on to say, They are crushing it, Saffron said of Henry and Carver's work on Waller. It's just the greatest show ever, Gunn added. Both Creature Commandos and Waller are expected to debut before Superman Legacy. Saffron called them the aperitif for the DCU. Um, not sure if I pronounced that right, but um, these are going to kind of be introductory stories to the greater DCU. So Superman will be the first film main, like I guess, DC staple character, but these are going to be kind of introducing the, I guess, overall tone to what this chapter is going to be like. Then it moves into Lanterns. Of all the TV series, Saffron and Gunn seemed most excited for Lanterns, which Saffron described as a huge HBO quality event that is very much in the vein of True Detective. True Detective is a very amazing show. Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey, I only watched the first season, but if they can add that kind of tone to Green Lantern, um, I'm gonna be very interested to see this. I'm gonna get into like my most anticipated projects once I'm done going through all this, but it goes on to say that this is a very important show for us, Saffron continued. This project is separate from a Green Lantern series that was being developed by Greg Berlanti for HBO Max, which is no longer moving forward. That one was being developed for a long time. That was supposed to introduce Alan Scott, Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, and there was another one, I forget who it was, but 
It was supposed to span like over time periods with all these different Green Lanterns being introduced. That's been something that's always been in development, like even as early back as when Snyder was involved, and they just could not get that up in the air. So Green Lantern has been a character that's been tossed around a lot, in the same way The Flash has too over the years so moving on into paradise lost this game of thrones -ish story saffron said is set on the island of themyscira before the birth of diana aka wonder woman saffron says it's really about the political intrigue behind a society of all women i think this is going to be a really interesting show because it's all women people are obviously going to be calling it woke and that because like they have zero knowledge on the comics that it was the same like kind of with she hulk i will definitely be watching this wonder woman is she's not my favorite character but she's definitely up there i'm very interested to see how they build her foundation being her island and how that will play into the greater dcu also because it's like inspired by game of thrones i'm assuming it's going to be darker i'm curious who could be involved as a villain in this whether it's Ares being taken care of earlier even though he's basically wonder woman's nemesis next to like cheetah but i'm very curious what they do with this and it says the provocative title recalls the paradise island lost comic series uh, which followed a civil war on themyscira however that run directly involved wonder woman and then when she eventually comes into this, then I'm assuming she will either be dealing with the aftermath of that or if it will still be going on. So uh, definitely we'll be watching that. Then we have Booster Gold, which allows the DCU to fully stretch into outright comedy. While he may not be familiar to casual fans of DC, the character, also known as Mike Carter, is a fan favorite among devoted readers. Saffron called Booster a loser from the future who uses basic future technology to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. In the 25th century, Mike is a disgraced former football star who, who uses a time machine on display in the Metropolis Space Museum. Gunn added basically Booster Gold is imposter syndrome as a superhero. So obviously he has no experience with any of this. I have a feeling this is why it's going to be the more comedic one. He's basically just trying to be a superhero without knowing anything about how to be one. And I know from the comics he does have relations with Blue Beetle. I can't remember if it's Ted Kord or Jamie Reyes, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that iconic pairing in the future because, again, Blue Beetle is involved with this. So yeah, that's all the article I had to say. Now, going over all of these and I guess just explaining the ones I'm most excited about, obviously I'm excited for Brave and the Bold because Batman is my favorite DC character. I really can't wait to see a new Batman, and I do love Matt Reeves' Batman. I can't wait to see that. That also got confirmed for a part two coming in 2025. So yeah, definitely be watching that. But The Brave and the Bold, because it's also bringing in the Bat family, I think that's a huge selling point for me. I'm interested to see how they're going to handle Damian Wayne and if Talia al Ghul will be involved with that, because she is Damien's mother. And yeah, just seeing other Batman characters too, whether it's like the Joker or we see Mr. Freeze is rumored to be in the Batman too, but it would be interesting to see if he's in this universe. I wouldn't be surprised if Ra's al Ghul or Raj al Ghul, whoever you want to pronounce it. I can't remember the correct one, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's involved with this, if Damien is in it because he basically trained Damien as a child. So yeah, I'm very excited for that one. I'm going to have to read Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin run. Yeah, very excited. Um, another one I'm looking forward to is Lanterns. Um, again, because Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart haven't had the proper live action treatment yet. And also just this kind of being, it looks like it's going to be like a buddy cop kind of thing, but a more serious toned one. And then it also has great repercussions on the future 
of the DCU, which I'm very excited to see. So um, again, this is all just a part of chapter one. This isn't the entire thing. I'm guessing this covers, again, maybe two or three years of content, but yeah. Oh, also Swamp Thing. I'm very excited to see what they do with this because Swamp Thing isn't the most popular character, but he does have a committed um, following. So I'm very excited to see how they do this, especially if James Mangold is involved. James Gunn is definitely going to make Swamp Thing a household name. And yeah, the same way he did, again, like the article mentions, with Rocket Raccoon. Not many people knew who Rocket Raccoon was at all when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, but now he's a super iconic character in the MCU, so yeah. And I'm interested to see what the authority is like, because I know nothing about them. I haven't read anything with them in it. Again, Grifter is really the only character that I know about from Flashpoint Paradox. With this being a team of anti-heroes, I'm guessing it's going to be similar to like what the boys is like, where these are superheroes, but they're not good. They're kind of doing things that people view as good, but it's bad. So yeah, I'm very interested to see how that turns out too. So the Brave and the Bold, Swamp Thing, Lanterns, kind of the authority, and also Paradise Lost. I just, I'm in interested to see how they build the Wonder Woman foundation for the DCU. And yeah, so that is the DC slate that was announced on January 31st. Again, this isn't like, this is a mixed bag. This isn't like all going to be stuff that like is game changing. Um, Gunn said it is going to be different. So I'm always going to be interested to see a different approach to this universe. But yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for the future. I trust Gunn because he is super creative. I've only seen Guardians of the Galaxy and the Suicide Squad that he's done. But I'm very curious to see what they do. They obviously have put a lot of time and thought into planning this out. So I trust them. I'm hoping it turns out well for them. And I can't wait to see the, I guess, the rest of chapter one and the future beyond. So that is today's episode. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at thwip underscore media. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Thwip Media, where I have all my episodes. Listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure to watch my little chat with Dwayne from Marvel Mad that was released earlier this week. So make sure to watch that. And then we have a Marvel quiz also that he's going to be releasing soon. So check out that as well when it releases. And yeah, I will be retweeting news and content release dates um, on Twitter. And again, sorry for the content shift. I will still be like, I'll post my thoughts on the Last of Us episodes as they come out. But I probably won't be doing like a video or episode devoted to them um, because it's just there's a lot to handle at the same time. There's a lot of Marvel and DC stuff. There's a lot of just entertainment in general. And I'm also balancing my own life. So just for time's sake, I'm just going to be covering Marvel and DC stuff because that's really what I'm super invested in. So um, again, sorry about that. But there's plenty of other places where you can find The Last of Us stuff. So um, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for I'm going to be doing my top 10 DC comics in my collection. This seems like a fitting time for that. So I will be going through that soon. So stay tuned and I will see you all next time.